0: This woman said to the Rebbe once in Yechidis, "I didn't raise my kids so well. Some of them I are are into Yiddishkeit, some of them are not into Yiddishkeit. I wasn't so good at this, wasn't so good at that. But the Rebbe, I'm telling you, I try my best." So the Rebbe says, "So do I. That's all anybody does. We try our best, and that's what counts. So if you can, if you can make a Jew feel..." that he may have questions and he may have things but he's very much like the Rebbe. He's as Jewish as the Rebbe. They both try their best. Then you're on solid grounds. That's what you find sometimes in the Torah. That somebody asked a question and the and the commentaries all say, "See that he was evil, he was terrible, he was a scoffer, he was a, he was an apikorus, he was this, that, and the other." Moshe comes to God and says, "How come you do this?" And everybody says, "Oh, he's a tzadik." <laughs> Why? Why is he allowed to ask questions and and uh, is not allowed to ask questions? Hmm? Asaf said, uh, yeah, I'll sell you the birthright. I mean, after all, I'm going to die. What do I need birthright for? Ah, see that? He's terrible. God sends Moshe to help the Jews, and he comes, and things get worse. So Moshe comes back to God and says, what did you do? You made things worse. Oh, he's a tzaddik. Why? Because Asaf's question came after he had decided that he's not into this relationship. Moshe's question came because he is in the relationship. So you have, for example, a person says, If there's a God in the world, why did he allow my uncle to die in the Holocaust? That question can either be asked by a tzaddik or by an apikoros. When a person says, why me? Why me? Why is God making me suffer? That can be the question of a tzaddik, or it can be the question of an apricotus, a heretic. It depends on what is your relationship about. I mean, sometimes you hear a guy say, my wife drives me up a wall, I can't take it. And you know, it's fine, it's fine, they're there. They get along, it's wonderful, and even when he screams, it's fine. And sometimes you hear a person say, my wife, uh," and you know it's all over. Because it's not the subject that they're screaming about, it's whether they're in the relationship or outside the relationship. If they're outside the relationship, then any criticism is deadly. That's it, one more criticism, it's all over because they're barely hanging together as it is. But if they're into the relationship, they can scream at each other and call each other names for 80 years and they love it and they'll stay married and it's wonderful and everybody's happy. I'm a Jew, God is my God, I am his child, and I don't understand why he keeps picking on me. Why did he do this to me? But it's not saying, I'm not gonna be Jewish until I get an answer. You know, like a kid who says, I'm holding my breath until you give me a candy. I'm running away from home if you don't uh, give me an allowance we're not threatening the relationship, we're not quitting, we're not going anywhere I'm a Jew, I'm gonna stay a Jew, God is God, I'm never gonna change that, He's never gonna change but I would like to understand, did He have to do this to me? then it's a good question then it's a very good question. If you love your father and your father does something you don't understand, and you come to him and you say, why? Why do you do this? That question isn't destroying the relationship. It's good. If the father says, I can't explain it, so I can't, so fine. So I get no explanation. So I still don't know why my father keeps doing this. But he's my father, and I'm just... It's good. It's fine. But when a person says... I hate him, I can't tolerate him, I can't stand him, because he won't tell me why he does. And if he tells you, then you'll love him? Probably not. So if a person goes through uh, a tragedy, how do you ask the question without destroying the relationship? How How do you pursue... Understanding God without kicking over the bucket and, and and ruining the whole thing. In the same way that with a friend or with a with a family member, how do you how do you ask for change without disrupting everything you've built until now? And that's the difference between wisdom and foolishness. A wise person, everything they do adds to what they've already have. A foolish person, every time they do something, they they destroy everything they had until then. Like people who who um, thrive on progress, so every time there's something new, they thrive on it. They they get into it and they use it and they and then there are those people. Every time something new happens, they throw out everything that existed until then. Like when people came to America, Jews came to America. Said, oh, the new world. Ah, here we can, everything we had until now, out into the ocean. Dumped it into the ocean. You, you, that's not how you live. You don't start life over again every time you find something new. When you find something new, you add it to all the stuff you've had until then. So your life gets richer and richer and richer. But then there are people who say, oh, modern times. Okay, throw out everything old. So in a relationship, you want to change something. So you come to your husband or you come to your father and you say, Can we please start doing this thing differently? And the father says, No. You say, in that case, I quit. <laughs> then it's all over, finished. But you, you started off wanting to improve the relationship. So if you can't improve it, you don't want it at all. That's there's something wrong with that. no <clears throat> shows a lack of and, and there's no building. There's no so when we come to God and we say, you know, what is this? How long are we going to stay in Golas already? How long can we suffer already? It's been 3,000 years since you talked to us at Mount Sinai, and yet you don't want to talk to us again, ever? How are we supposed to keep, you know, keep being Jewish and keep doing the mitzvahs and keep inspired if you won't talk to us? So fine, we remember what you said 3,000 years ago. It'd be nice to hear from you again. <laughs> You can start a and stand in family. I'm being serious. <laughs> so we can have that complaint, and we can come to God and say, "Well, well you know, where's Moshiach?" Every year for two thousand years, you say, "Yeah, yeah, this year, this year." So we say, He says, "Today." We say, that? "No." He says, "Who said he said?" So we can come to God with a com- so we can come to God with a complaint and say enough of this don't do this to us anymore without ever stepping out of the relationship whereas other people say oh yeah he promised Moshiach would come and I thought he was coming he didn't come so that's it I don't keep kosher I don't keep Shabbos I've had it you've had it? God's been waiting 3,000 years and you waited two weeks (laughs) And thought he was coming, and two weeks are up. That's it. You've had it. You can't take it anymore. That's that's not. Uh... So, how do you ask for change without disrupting all that came before and all that was good? And and got to have a little wisdom. But just to jump at everything new and. Uh, How to stay loyal to the relationship. So you have to bear in mind that answers and questions, they come and go. But the relationship is important. So sometimes I'll understand you, sometimes I don't understand you, sometimes I can explain it, sometimes I can't explain it. But, you know, that changes all the time. A relationship is forever. So to say, the relationship depends on how you explain, it's it's out of balance. The explanation can't be nearly as important as the relationship itself. That's why we call it an inheritance. Our relationship to God is an inheritance. An inheritance is something you inherit whether you know it or not, whether you understand it or not. It's just there. Your rich uncle dies, and that's it. You're rich. Whether you know, you don't know, you understand how it works with the lawyers, with the you don't know anything, but you're rich. (laughs) Because you inherited. That's it. It's yours. And to say, well, I don't know, I I don't understand these things. I I was never good at legal stuff, so don't I don't I don't want it. (laughs) You don't want it because you don't understand it? That's ridiculous. Of course, most people are smart enough to know that when it comes to money. (laughs) If I'm inheriting a million dollars, don't explain nothing. Just give me the money. How did it suddenly become yours? You never even knew your uncle. I don't care if it's my. Give me the money. So we come to a Jew and we say, you know... You're born with a godly soul. You're in a relationship with God. You're a little piece of God. You're part of the Jewish people. You're a Jew. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. How come? Only through my mother? How come it comes through the mother? Why does it come through the father? How come? Uh, why do you care? You got it. <laughs> what are you making? Uh... So, yeah, well, if there's a God, how come there was a Holocaust? I give up. Okay? So there's no God? And I'm saying, because of a question, because of a lack of understanding, you don't throw out an inheritance. You don't even dampen it. But I don't understand. So what? So what? I'm not talking about people who don't believe you. I'm talking about people who believe it, but they're not thrilled because they have questions.